You're listening to Viking 360, a podcast dedicated to Ripley High School athletics. Ripley Sports has much to be thankful for this time of year. I'm Brian Johnson, and in this episode of Viking 360, I'll review Ripley's record-breaking journey to West Virginia's AAA Football Elite Eight. I'm Mike Rubin, and I'll be talking all state with Viking and Lady Viking soccer players. Then we'll look ahead to the winter sports teams with coaches of the Ripley High basketball and wrestling programs. It's all coming up on Episode 3 of Viking 360. A historic season came to an abrupt halt on Friday night at Spring Mills High School at the hands of the Musselman Appleman. When looking back at the week's events leading into this game, it may give you a sense of understanding why the outcome unfolded as it did. As we all know, Mother Nature is undefeated, and she had her way with the Eastern Panhandle last week leading into this ballgame. The forecast from the beginning of the week to the middle of the week to the end of the week yo-yoed back and forth from a foot of snow to three inches of ice. Now, this made decisions very difficult for both administrations and the SSAC as far as where to play and when to play. Originally, the Appleman, obviously being the four seed, the Vikings being the five seed, that mandated the Vikings would have to travel to Waldeck Field in Bunker Hill to take on the Appleman. With the natural surface of Waldeck Field not being up to playoff standards, the move to nearby Spring Mills High School was necessary. Now, the impending weather that loomed also left this game being played on Friday night in limbo literally until 10 a.m. on Friday morning after roughly 8 inches of snow had fallen through the day on Thursday and some into the evening on Thursday in Berkeley County and surrounding counties. As we look at the effect it had on our boys, I have some type of impact on their performance on Friday night. The plan initially was the Vikings would board Greyhound buses at 2 p.m. on Thursday and drive to Martinsburg, where they already had a hotel reserved on Thursday night. Also understanding, we had a group of Viking faithful who traveled to Martinsburg early Thursday to decorate the hotel blue and white for our guys when they arrived. With the weather looking worse early on Thursday, Coach Smolder made the decision to move the Viking departure time up to 11 a.m., in hopes of beating the bad weather across Route 68 in Maryland. Our boys only made it to Morgantown before they had to search for new accommodations on Thursday night. After securing rooms for the players and the cheerleaders, Coach Smolder took his crew to nearby Pony Field, the home of the Mohegans of Morgantown High, for their normal Thursday night walkthrough. After Thursday, they had dinner, and then they went to a late movie. Now, when they woke up Friday morning, they were still unsure 100% whether the game would be played Friday night or not. Once they got into eating breakfast, they were finally told the decision was made. They were going to move forward with this ball game. The roads were clear. They were going to have to work really hard to get the stadium clear, but they had volunteers to do so. So, after lunch, they loaded the buses back up and headed east towards Spring Mills High School. They arrived in Martinsburg roughly around 3 p.m., where they had pregame meal at the Days Inn where they were originally scheduled to stay the previous night. After pregame meal, they made their way to a snowy Cardinal Field at Spring Mills High School where they found many Musselman volunteers working 
feverishly to get the eight inches of snow cleared off of the stands, the field, and the walking areas for the fans. So many thanks to those folks because without them, this game would not have happened. Now, does this seem like a lot of pomp and circumstance for a high school football game? If your answer is yes, then I tend to agree with you. However, as we all know, the show had to go on, and we have to give thanks to those folks previously mentioned. Now, let's hear how this one unfolded and some of the highlights from Spring Mills High School. Anyone who tuned into this game on the radio or watched the live stream on YouTube or actually made the trip to Martinsburg, we all know how this one unfolded. And it wasn't the way we wanted it to, obviously. However, you know, this game started and ended in dominating fashion by the Appleman. And guys, you have to give them all the credit in the world. They were the better football team that night, hands down. And I don't think anyone would, would disagree with that. A slow start for both teams uh, in the first quarter led to a scoreless first quarter. And it gave Viking fans and the players a lot of hope uh, leading into that second period. But in that second period, turnovers happened and the Appleman opened up the floodgates by taking a 24 to nothing lead at the halftime break. The second half started much in the same fashion the first half ended. More turnovers and more Appleman touchdowns. The Vikings got an 81-yard touchdown in the third quarter from Cyrus Casto to Cam Ramsey, and that was all the scoring the Vikings had that night. And they were outraced in the Class AAA State Playoffs by a final score of 52-7. to in the Elite Eight. This ended one of the greatest runs in Viking football history. Don't let the events of one night overshadow what was arguably one of the best regular seasons in school history with a 10-game winning streak and only the third trip into the second weekend of the playoffs in West Virginia. Record-breaking seasons by R.J. Evans, who became the school's all-time leading rusher with 3,150 yards on 486 carries. He also now holds the single-season scoring record with 20 touchdowns in 2018, which led to 136 points when you mix in a couple of two-point conversions in there as well. RJ also 33 career touchdowns. Now, the record-breaking backfield did not stop there. you got to look at Jeremy Harper, who ended up rushing for 1,000 yards in 2018. And believe it or not, this marks the first time in school history Two or more guys in the same backfield rushed for a 1,000 or more yards in the same season. As you can see, Coach Smolder's personality of hard work and discipline is starting to take over this Viking football program. His dream of turning the Vikings into a mainstay in the playoffs and a team that is in the discussion for championships on a consistent basis took a massive step forward in 2018. Now they go back to work and look for a way to replace 15 seniors who have meant so much to this program. One day, we will look back and remember this class as a group who turned things around at Ripley High School. It would be hard to wrap up the 2018 season without recognizing individually the efforts of our 15 seniors. Let's do that now. Number two, RJ Evans. Number three, Brock Bowers. Number four, Cyrus Casto. Number 13, Josh K. Number 21, Justin Wheeler. Number 24, Jeremy Harper. Number 32, Evan King. Number 52, Chris DeFrank. Number 65, Caden Keeler. 
Number 66, Andrew Dolan. Number 67, Jake Lawrence. Number 68, Griffin Craddock. Number 71, J.T. Horn. Number 81, Davison Flint. And number 85, Dawson Anderson. From the Viking Nation to you 15 seniors, we simply say thank you. He played three sports during his days as an athlete at Ripley High. Now he's the head coach of Viking basketball. Luke Parsons is our guest on Viking 360. Coach, tell us your thoughts on taking over the reins at your alma mater and being in charge of Viking basketball. Well, to be honest, it's a dream come true. Uh, ever since I was in high school, coming up, I decided when I was about a junior or senior in high school that I wanted to coach. I didn't necessarily know which sport I was going to coach, but I wanted to coach. I mean, I played baseball, basketball, and football. Um, and in the last 10 years, I've coached football and, and basketball. Um, my favorite sport growing up all along was basketball. Uh, you can ask my parents. I used to sleep with a basketball when I was little just by watching movies and all those great players did that stuff. So I tried to imitate them. But taking over the reins of, of this team, especially the players that we have, um, I'm excited, and uh, I'm just blessed to be able to have that opportunity. Very good. And as the former freshman coach, you're familiar with uh, most of the personnel that you have coming up through the program. Tell us about uh, the style of basketball that you plan to implement here at Ripley. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this group of kids, all, the, all these juniors, and, and we're a junior-heavy team, uh, played for Coach Mullins and I. Coach Mullins is my assistant coach. He put, They played for us when they were freshmen. So we have had an impact on their style of play for the last three years. Um, so our, our style of play that Coach Mullins and I are going to do is we're going to get up in your in your grill and we're going to play, play defense and we're going to make you make that decision on what to do with the ball. And hopefully that will create turnovers. Well, now we're not going to necessarily press all the time, um, but we're, we're going to make you work for everything that, you, that you're going to get. And you mentioned uh, Derek Mullins. Tell us a little bit about your coaching staff. Well, Coach Mullins is my assistant coach, and ever since Coach Faulkner left, Coach Mullins and I, Derek and I, have talked about doing this, what we're doing now. Either, either one of us being the head coach or vice versa, um, we were going to do it together. And so it just happened that, that they chose me to lead the reins. But Derek and I, we talk. Um, anything that he suggests, I'm going to try because he knows what he's doing. Um, I trust him, and, and, we're, and we, work, we work well together. And what has been the, the attitude of the players here in the early practices? Oh, the attitude's great. They, they are having fun. Um, I, took, I took a group of kids up to the, the football game um, at, at Musselman, and I asked them on the way up there, I said, you guys having fun? I said, just be real with me. I said, no, no, no hard feelings one way or the other. I said, oh, yeah, we're having fun. And so, and I think they're having fun. Coach Mullen and I have talked, and their attitude's great. Um, they're hooping and hollering in practice. Now, we're working hard. We're, we're pushing them. But they like that. I mean, they, they, they understand that that's what we're going to do. And look, from a scheduling standpoint, uh, the season opener coming up um, December 7th at Hurricane, we're no longer tied down to so many conference games as we were when Ripley was a member 
uh, the Mountain State Athletic Conference and I've noticed the return of many of Ripley's uh, traditional rivals to the schedule. Yes, and uh, you know I, I like that. Um, I didn't have a, a hand in, in putting this schedule together, but I like the schedule. Uh, our previous coach basically had it done whenever I took over the reins. I changed a few things, but getting back to playing those teams, having these kids understand what playing those teams mean for me and Coach Mullins and, and all the uh, older generation that, that came through here. But I think that not being tied down to the conference allows us to pick and choose when we play certain certain games um, to better our season. You know, we want to start out fast. We want to play some hard ones here and there in between to see exactly where we're at. And then we want to finish off good. We, uh, you know, our, our goal is to finish off on a winning streak. That way, postseason comes, anything can happen. And the fans who are looking for something to do during the uh, holiday season, we have the return of Viking uh, Holiday Hoops this season. Yes, sir. Uh, who will be in the tournament? It's December 21st and 22nd, and you have Huntington St. Joe, Point Pleasant, and Calvary Baptist out of Taze Valley. And then, then of course, ourselves. Um, it's Huntington St. Joe and Calvary Baptist are, are pretty good. I've watched both of them play this uh, off season. And, and Point Pleasant's Point Pleasant. We've been talking on Viking 360 with the new head basketball coach, Luke Parsons. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. We're now in the postseason for the fall sports at Ripley High. With that comes the postseason awards, and five Ripley High soccer players are among the recently announced All-State selections. For the Vikings, that honor went to senior Davidson Flint, who was also selected for the North-South soccer team. He was joined on the All-State team by a junior in Brody Boyce. He scored 22 goals with 27 assists for the sectional champions coached by Tim Ross, and he's our guest on Viking 360. Brody, it was quite a mid-season turnaround this year for the Vikings. Describe your junior season culminating with that great sectional championship. At the beginning of the season, uh, we just kind of didn't know where to play people, and we just kind of had to throw freshmen into the bunch. And when the middle of the season came along, we started switching things up, and that's when we put me and Davison on striking. So that's whenever we started turning stuff around when we had me and Davison both up there attacking. And those who follow Ripley Athletics, Brody, will know that you're also a standout on the on the baseball diamond here at Ripley. Tell us about your plans for the offseason this winter heading into baseball season. Well, obviously, i got to keep working hard in the weight room and keep improving my game hitting-wise and fielding-wise and just being the best I can be to help the team in the season. Have you made any plans now, any commitments for what happens to you? I know you're only a junior, but... You've talked about playing some college ball down down the road. Uh, nothing yet. I don't have anywhere set to go yet, but I'm going to like camps and stuff to further my baseball career, hopefully. Very good. And our congratulations to All-State Soccer Selection, Brody Boyce. Thank you very much for being with us. And coming up on Viking 360, we'll salute the Lady Viking Soccer All-Staters. Ripley is coming off another strong season in girls' soccer. The Lady Vikes... Had an outstanding record of 16 wins, 3 losses, and 3 ties. 
With that success comes postseason accolades, such as recognition on the All-State teams. The Lady Vikes had three such honorees. Senior Mackenzie Gillespie, with 22 goals and 13 assists, was honored as the state's midfielder of the year. Junior Olivia Gandy was selected forward of the year after reporting 26 assists and scoring 30 goals. And stepping up to the mic on Viking 360 is the third All-Stater, Taylor Kennedy. She earned All-State once again as a goaltender for the Lady Vikings. Taylor, you have been recognized for four seasons as one of the West Virginia's best goalies. As a senior this fall, you had 13 shutouts to your credit, including a remarkable eight in a row with 92 saves in the Lady Viking net. Tell me, from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint, what are the demands in being an effective goaltender? Um, you know, the mental demands is like you have to have a 10-second memory. So if something bad happens or you make a mistake, it's got to be gone in 10 seconds. So it may not be the most physically demanding position on the field because you're not always in that battle, but it's definitely one of the most mentally challenging because you have such a hard time organizing your defense and you have to deal with those mistakes that can be costly and cause you the game. And part of the physical demands, I'd say, is you have to have a big presence even if you're not the biggest person on the field because I've challenged, I mean, I'm not really the tallest goalkeeper, but, you know, I think I make myself taller than I am because of my and you just have to, you know, be tough, and it's a very strong position, and you have to be fearless because you can't be afraid of anything or else it could be a costly mistake. And let's talk about the, uh, the really difficult situation, the one-on-one -on -one situation when you're back there. What goes through your mind when it's a one-on-one -on -one penalty shot? Um, on a penalty kick? Yes. So on a penalty kick, you know, you kind of have to decide do I want to rely on athleticism or do I want to pick a side? So I guess you just have to kind of know the player you're going up against and know if they have a favorite side or not. But if you have no clue, then I usually just rely on my quickness and athleticism to make that choice. And sometimes it comes out on your side, but most of the time it doesn't. But that's where that 10-second memory comes into place. And I understand that you have a game plan for yourself. As in terms of your future on the collegiate level in soccer. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I'm really excited to continue playing because it's always been a dream of mine since I was little. So to get the opportunity to play while focusing on academics is something really important to me. So I'm super excited to do that. And you'll be going to? Fairmont State University. And have you decided on a major? Um, yeah, my undergrad would be in biology. Very good. And best of luck to you this season with Lady Viking basketball. We've been talking to Lady Viking All-State goaltender Taylor Kennedy, and you're listening to Viking 360. Year in, year out, Ripley Wrestling ranks among the top programs in West Virginia. The man at the helm of the Viking program is Matt Smith. And I had a conversation with Coach Smith. Coach, let's talk a little wrestling history. Uh, WV Matt is considered to be the source when it comes to wrestling in the state. And according to WV Matt, Ripley has recorded the third best mark among the AAA wrestling programs over the past 10 years. Only Parkersburg South and Huntington High have posted better records, and the Vikings are ranked ahead of such schools as Wheeling Park, Parkersburg, and Capital Midland. 
To what do we attribute uh, the success over the years of Viking wrestling? Uh, honestly, it just boils down to the guys that, go, that come through the program, um, buying into the program, first of all, and having the, the level and quality guys that it, that it takes to, to get there and, and then the world, willing to work hard to get um, to that point. And I think it's just a consistency type thing, and I think we've been able to do that. And um, we just the biggest thing with me is with um, coaching the guys is just making sure that they're um, going the right direction. They're trying to do the right things. It's kind of about following the process rather than seeing rankings or seeing where you're at. It's more about working your way um, to be one of the best without you know necessarily just always focused on it, but actually just embracing the grind of what you need to do day in day out. One of the keys in wrestling is not only to have uh, good numbers on the team, but to have those numbers in the right weight classes. Tell us how that shapes up this season. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting. It always is. Um, the, the biggest thing is just trying to get guys shifted around to where they're um, spreading each other out. Um, right now it's, it's working, out, uh, working pretty well. I think we've got um, – I think we're going to have every weight class, um, which is always – um, one of the things you want to have right off the bat, you know, anytime you go into a duel, you're, um, you start giving up forfeits and those kind of things. It makes it a little bit harder to compete. But um, I think guys are starting to – they're get th getting their weights down. They're starting to get closer to where they need to be. And, um, you know, I think guys have kind of spaced themselves out a little bit. So we'll see what happens here in the next, uh, you know, couple couple weeks. It may take a little bit longer to get everybody in the right spot, but we'll, we'll eventually get there. We're talking with Viking wrestling coach Matt Smith himself a former state champion who went on to wrestle for Ohio University. He has coached 11 state champions in the blue and white here at Ripley. Coach, let's talk a little bit about your schedule. I noticed that you have Cabell Midland in the home opener on Tuesday, December 4th at Ripley Middle School, and you also have Parkersburg High and Parkersburg South coming to Ripley this season. What is your philosophy when it comes to scheduling? Uh, basically, the biggest thing is just trying to get these guys challenged throughout the year. Um, I don't want to throw anything easy at them. I want to make sure everything's a little bit hard, a little bit challenging. And, you know, realistically, I want to see where these guys are at um, right off the bat. Um, we wrestle Huntington first thing, so, and then kind of go into Cabell Midland and then go into some other matches from there. And it's basically just trying to see where they're at, try to get a good judge of that, and then start pushing them in the direction they need to go in. And, um, you know, the only way to do that consistently throughout the entire season is um, kind of overload them a little bit, even to where, you know, the, the hardest tournaments they have um, are coming throughout the year to where at the end it's kind of, um, they're kind of coming into the state tournament and, and regionals thinking that this is the easiest tournament they're going to have. So um, I, I think it's just one of those things where um, you have to be pushed in order to see where you're at. And, you know, that's what we try to do with those guys. And um, if they, they go into the state tournament with a losing record or, if they haven't won a match, um, or heading into regionals, actually, um, you know they can win, you know, three or four matches at regionals, four matches at the state tournament, and be a state champ without having any wins during the regular season. So, um, don't see any need for taking it easy on them as far as that goes. So. And it all gets underway next week, as you mentioned, at Huntington High. Viking wrestling coach Matt Smith has been our guest on Viking 360. Next on Viking 360, we're talking with the head coach of Lady Viking Basketball, John Kennedy. His name is somewhat synonymous with Ripley High Basketball. Here's why. Kent Kennedy, his father, was the head coach of Viking Basketball in the 1980s. 
John Kennedy played for the Vikings in the 1990s, helping them advance to the AAA state tournament in Charleston. He's been the head coach of the Lady Vikings over the past few seasons, and his daughter, Taylor, is a senior point guard on the team this year. Coach, the season opener at Riverside is coming up on Friday, the 30th of November. Describe the practice attitudes and in the preseason scrimmage to date. Yeah. Um, our practices have been geared a whole lot more towards defense this year, um, where in years past we had uh, – couple girls that we could isolate on offense. Um, Audra Miller, or not Audra Miller, Audra, Th Audra Thomas, Lexi Miller, and we had Presley Fisher over the last couple years that are extremely hard to replace. But um, the girls' attitudes have, have been very positive with the change um, towards our defensive uh, philosophy this year to where we're probably going 70, 80 percent of our practices um, are geared towards defensive drills understanding how we can get up and down the court and we can turn teams over with our pressure that we're going to be able to uh, play there a little bit this year as long as we can stay healthy and, and uh, stay out of foul trouble. But um, the girls have responded extremely well. And when we went down to Nitro the other evening, um, they had one of the best uh, guards in the state in Bailey Goins. And coaches talk beforehand and they kind of let the cat out of the bag and they're very uh, confident going into it that they're going to mop the floor with us and as a result um, we ended up getting them by 17 in the game and completely took her out of her game and frustrated her mentally and their entire team through our defense so it's going to be very fun to watch our, watch our girls um, as season progresses this year. I know it's early but uh what are your goals and your expect expectations heading into the new campaign? Ultimately, you, you want to get out of your section. Um, and that's a goal every year and, you know, of mine for the last uh, five seasons is, is get out of your section, get to your region, have the opportunity that I had years ago. Um, that's a memory that you, you never lose. Um, but realistically, you know, one of my main goals, and I focus on it and so does my coaching staff, is these girls' effort and every drill, everything we do, and, and that's not only a goal of ours to keep that high intensity, but that's one of our expectations that's taken over this year. And a lot of credit goes out to Coach Fisher over at the middle school, sending two classes over. They know what's expected from Coach Fisher. They come over to me, and it's a nice transi transition for those girls to already know that the coaches expect you to go play your butt off every single possession. And it makes my job easier. And, you know, I'm thankful to have him over there. Um, another one of my goals, and I know this seems silly, but when you coach girls, sometimes there can be a little bit of drama going on. Um, but one of our goals this year is to keep that to a minimum and where all the girls are focused on being great teammates with one another not only on the court, but in the locker room, in the hallways at Ripley High School and in our community. And, and I know a lot of people are thinking, well, what about Jalen Hunt and Tessa Ray, Taylor, seniors, what goals do you have? They're going to be just fine. They're three, four years into this program. They know what's expected of them. They know their role. They do their job. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch those seniors lead this year. One thing that has been out of everyone's control has been the uh, mishap involving the home court here at Ripley High. 
Tell us uh, what happened and how has that affected uh, your preseason? It's been an absolute nightmare for everybody involved. Uh, over Labor Day weekend, there was a sprinkler head that burst in the girls' PE locker room, and it flooded. It went from wall to wall in the gym with water from, uh, if you go down the midline of the court over towards the side of the stands where the PE locker room and the girls' locker room and boys' basketball locker room, that was flooded with water. And since then, they've ripped it up. And then once they got it ripped up, they were having trouble with the um, moisture content that was in the concrete. Well, that backed them up there a little bit more. Finally, they got it figured out. They've got plastic, uh, 40 mil plastic laid down, taped down. Plywood should go down tomorrow, the day before Thanksgiving. And then hopefully they can start laying hardwood floor this weekend, uh, beginning uh, the following week. And our home openers, Coach Parsons opens up on December 10th, and we we're supposed to open up on December 11th. There is a little slim chance that we can still have those home dates for our openers, but probably we're going to have to move those, those games to, to another date. We've been talking with Lady Viking basketball coach John Kennedy, and you're listening to Viking 360. And that will just about do it for this episode. But first, a few football predictions for the semifinal round of the West Virginia football playoffs. We begin with single A. Number four, Doddridge County taking on number one, Wheeling Central. Rube, I have Wheeling Central by two touchdowns in this one by a final score of 28 to 14. Well, as much as I would like to see uh, Hunter America and the Bulldogs pull it off, I agree with you. I think uh, the Knights of Wheeling Central will prevail. Number six, Williamstown versus number two, Midland Trail in a game played at Greenbrier East. I have Williamstown in the upset here in a close affair, 24-21. I'll agree. I think Williamstown is a playoff-tested team, and they will prevail. In AA, number three, Bridgeport takes on number two, Bluefield. Give me the lower-seeded team again, Bridgeport, and another nip-and-tuck affair, 21-20. I agree. I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to go with number three, Bridgeport, due to a Ripley High graduate, Adam King, being the defensive coordinator for the Indians. And number 12, Weir, taking on number one, Fairmont Senior. I have Fairmont Senior in a runaway in this one by three touchdowns. I think Weir has played extremely well in the playoff run, but I agree with you. I think the polar, bar, polar Bears of Fairmont Senior will be the winner. And in AAA, number three, Capital, taking on number two, Spring Valley, in an MSAC rematch. Rube, give me Capital by a touchdown. I think too many athletes on the field will uh, be too much for Spring Valley this time in their, pound, in their ground and pound type of offense. And I'll take the homestanding uh, Timberwolves in that game in a close one. And then it's number four, Musselman, taking on number one, Martinsburg. Give me Martinsburg by seven, maybe eight touchdowns in this one. I would have to agree. I think until someone uh, defeats the Bulldogs, I think it's Martinsburg all the way. Everyone, thanks for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And remember, we'll see you around.